0: Hello Earthlings, it's Matt and Tim, Again, Friday at noon.
1: Here we are.
0: I always think if somebody's watching our podcast that they surely don't have a lot to do.
1: Yeah, and they don't mind being bored either.
0: Yeah, no. So that's like the worst marketing pitch ever to start one, but we're going to be backing up and going through Second Peter. We were in Second Peter 2 a little bit last week, but uh, today we're going to actually be Back up and start over and talk about...
1: Go through the book.
0: Go through the book. We're just going to go through the book of Second Peter. So take a minute, um, go get you a Bible. If you don't have one, open up your phone or whatever, and we'll be right back. Um, as always, if you actually are out there watching, comment. Let us know you're out there. Sean's not here today. He had some stuff he had to do, so he totally abandoned us. Um, <laughs> actually, I told him not to come. So I'm running the stream, and I'll try to monitor all your comments and stuff too today. So, um, Lots of stuff in Second Peter. Uh, just lots of good practical stuff. and uh, Well
1: go i'm a go. peter nut peter is one of my if i had mentors of all the disciples that's the guy for me and i don't know maybe i quasi identify with him at least in my mind's eye to one degree or another uh in you what know, way he, well he wasn't educated or as near as we can tell he wasn't i mean i don't know what the common education was for your average jew boy mm-hmm. running around back in those days but I know what the Orthodox guys were doing. Right. Uh, but most, most of them were like us. If you grew up in church all your life, you could identify with that somewhat. And that, uh, uh, you know, you went to Bible study and that kind of thing, but maybe you absorbed a lot of that. Maybe you didn't. You didn't run off and be a missionary or that right. kind of a thing. I mean, it was just an average life in that, you know. And so whatever he knew of Judaism... Uh I can't say he didn't, you know, the Orthodox guys, they push him to memorize the first five books of the Bible by the time you're thirteen. That's a big deal. Uh but that's a daunting task, you know. My that, to me that's probably one of those things where twenty people start out doing it, you might have ten that actually pull it off. And uh, yep. uh and so he was just a working blue collar hand. Uh as we read. He's a fisherman, that kind of thing. And so he wasn't, uh, I mean, he's, he's definitely a big contrast to Paul. So I'm not down talking the educated people, that kind of thing. I don't mean it that way at all. I'm just saying that it's encouraging to me for a guy like him who, who was saved. He was led by the Savior. He was transformed by that. We see how moody he was looking mm-hmm. through the, the scriptures. He was the kind of guy that reacted all the time and you know whatever he was thinking at the time that's just what he did and uh you're kind of like that
0: thanks man i appreciate (laughs) that i've not taken my place (laughs) on my my golden throne (laughs) under the bus thanks tim hey sherry allison and edna y'all hey thanks for watching and comment on there so we know that you're there
1: so anyway uh if peter can make it through and be the transformed individual he is that we read here I feel like I have some hope, mm. and so, uh, well,
0: and I was looking for the passage, and I can't, I can't call it to mind. You know, where not just Peter, but the rest of them. You know, they were referred to as unlearned men. I mean, they were, yeah, yeah, they were yeah, just seen as others. They're like, they're doing what? They're just a bunch of corn pones. I mean, well, that's kind of the idea.
1: But you know, he wasn't a corn pone when he wrote this. Right. Which is the other thing I'm trying to give the the big... So I may not be formally educated and all that stuff, and I'm not trying to say, you know, it's us against them. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, this guy, this is... And you can say, well, he had somebody else write it or whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, this is a grammatically correct... Uh, it, it's perfectly written. And so this is a guy who... And he talks about this some, or not about himself necessarily, but if he is... we We presume... He's doing what he preaches, right? And so uh, he has moved ahead intellectually and uh, spiritually, and that's been an intense and uh, an issue of intention. Yeah, and so well, he's uh, going to
0: talk about that in this very. First yes,
1: topic. he sure does, and you know, comparing him to somebody like Paul, well, he was no Paul. Well, evidently he was because he's got two epistles in this thing, and I don't mean he didn't write as many uh but he held a lot of uh uh i don't think
0: he had a lot of weight
1: yeah and i don't see him as a guy who's sitting there going i'm peter and you better listen to me i almost see completely opposite
0: Uh, we even see it in the story of um after cornelius which is one of my favorite stories because peter i mean we know he was a spiritual rock what was he doing he was up on the on the roof praying and, you know, He did it in the trance. He saw the vision of the sheet and blah, blah, blah. But there's some little statements in there. He was doing that, which was his custom. I mean, it was just something that he yeah. normally did. He was just operating in the faith. Um, but then when the Lord spoke to him, he just did it. He just yes. obeyed. It was just kind of God yes. was. So then when the spirit falls on Cornelius and his house, they all these Gentiles get saved. Well, he goes back to report the guys, and they have this big meeting. That's when I love the story because they're all like, oh, my goodness, you know, can, can the Gentiles actually do this? And you can almost just see him sitting in the corner, you know, kind of dozing <laughs> off. I mean, it doesn't say that, but I no, mean, I, that's the idea. I
1: completely agree with you.
0: And after they're three talking, he gets, it says, he just kind of gets up and's like, let me just tell you what happened. Whether you all agree with it, whatever your committee votes on. This is what happened, and that's that's the reason I love that story. I mean, that's the, he, he wasn't afraid to be obedient, and at this stage, and of his he life, knew
1: what he knew. Uh,
0: what do you mean by that? Expand that a little bit.
1: Well, just by the very fact that he he does that, you know, they have this meeting, and he stands up and he says, "Look," and it's not just a story. He's taking all the things that he's been transformed as and be able to articulate right. those things, and he did that at Pentecost too he was the first one to got up and started talking and a lot of people got saved over that. Uh, and, but, but what you see him do and how he does that, there's no fuss. There's no, you know, Hey, let me get and be this, but he also had the capacity to be a moron. And so we read where he, he got, uh, all up about being Mr. Jew. Right. And he's, he's neglecting everybody and Paul comes in and, And that's kind of what I was trying to make the comparison between him and Paul. uh, We see that, you know, we have an instant where Paul actually comes in and corrects him. Yeah. But don't take that like he was less than and he didn't know. Uh, We see where Paul had issues with people, too. I see Paul is kind of a tight wound individual, and Peter was the opposite personality of that.
0: Yeah, Maybe. I, see, I've always seen Peter as being a bit tight-wound too in his impetuousness.
1: Well that yeah, impetuous is kind of call it childish just for lack of a better way yeah. to put it and Paul was always the you know, Mr. mature Just do it
0: the right way all the time and Yeah. yeah.
1: So <laughs> that that's why I'm comparing in their personalities. Well,
0: well and I think I think but Paul of, had
1: a big regard for Peter. He did. He even mentioned that several times.
0: And I think, you know, we talk about this a lot and in the very first verse of Second Peter one, has an important part. Just because somebody's in the Bible, it's Peter. He's a well. He's the apostle. Not only was he an apostle, he walked on water. Oh, and he taught and he preached Pentecost. Yeah. And so we put them on this plane. that, that they we can could, do no wrong. That they, yeah, they can do no wrong. And we'll we can never never add up. We can never be Peter, and whatever.
1: And we cop out from it.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that was Peter. Well, that that we, was
1: Peter. But so, yeah, and that's that's the point of what I'm trying to get yeah, at on this. Because he says, <laughs> he says in
0: that first verse, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to those, who's, who am I writing to? To those who have received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus stuff. Christ. One of the things that strikes me about Peter in his humility Is he? He knew what he knew, what you just said. But he understood that the faith that Cornelius got, that anybody else got, was the same faith that he had. Yeah. And And
1: where it came from, and that's what humbled him.
0: Yeah, because it wasn't about him. I mean, this is the dude that healed people, people being raised. You know, this is. Yes, he had all of those credentials, but here he is later in life, the seasoned, beat-up veteran, saying, "I'm writing to these people who have the." a faith equal to ours
1: and And that statement you just made is going to come to light in chapter two hopefully i remember it which statement that uh
0: the beat-up veteran or
1: yeah and the humble guy yeah uh that that, anyway and
0: before we jump in totally into the deep here part of what made the peter of second peter different than the peter of acts and no, he didn't write Acts, but he's he's talked about a lot. Of yeah. It. Um, our situations like when Paul confronted him, and it's not that Paul thought he was more. You we know that from Scripture. He he actually did have that respect, but they had a relationship that was on such a plane that they could have hard talks like yeah. that. We've been talking about that, you know, you and I for a while, um, and and I, I said something to somebody yesterday about one of the things that I think the church is lacking as a whole. Is the willingness and the culture to have those talks like that, and still remain friends and family and loved, and you love each other, and but but they're formidable. Yeah, I mean they are are necessary to bring us to a place of maturity. To have when when we step out of line, to have somebody that'll get up in our grill, you know, about it. Yeah, in a loving Christian sort of way.
1: In a deep sort of way.
0: Yeah, in a kingdom way, not in a you you stepped on my toe, you hurt my feelings sort of way, but in a, hey, you're you're careening off a cliff here.
1: Well, it may seem, if you get caught up in titles, you know, when I think of Paul, I do think of an apostle. Somebody I would have a hard time even trying to talk to. Not yeah. that he's like that, right. not that he would carry himself like that. Uh, Peter is definitely an apostle too, Uh and this is all speculation, you know, but I'm just reading the personalities through scriptural history mm-hmm. in there. And uh he's a guy that just like he said here, the same spirit. That's a guy that I feel like he probably conveyed that and we could I could sit and talk to him uh, on an equal plane so to speak. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so uh
0: it wasn't like oh my goodness, it's Peter. And in he to, didn't see it that way in
1: today's walk that's the guy i would measure an elder next to it, the age he is now when he wrote this yeah a spiritual rock of the first order not yeah. going oh it's peter he's an apostle of course he can be no look at how he looks and talks and walks and does yeah. all that and then by the time you read these first these two letters he made that's a guy you're looking for that would be a a could be a if I was an elder somewhere. This is what I would try to look up to to be like in my actions. That well, and sense. that
0: takes a big contrast <clears throat> the spirit and the tone of what he's writing into like <clears throat> there are <clears throat> excuse me like the celebrity pastors we have now. You know, <clears throat> with all of their whatever's, and I've I've actually you know read stories of there, and I'm not going to call his name. There's no point in it, but there's a a, a significantly famous very followed celebrity pastor, you know, and no one gets to call him by his first name. It's pastor so-and-so. And, you know, people mm-hmm. around him are cautioned on speaking to him directly and those sorts of things by his design. You know, I've had I've had older pastors tell me as I was coming up, um, you got to create distance and all this kind of stuff. I just don't read that in Peter. Although he had all the credentials to do it. I just read a guy who recognizes that the faith of the people he's talking to is equal to his, and he would sit down and talk to you just like anybody.
1: Well, in their mindset, like you just talked about, um, I don't know, some people may actually have to compartmentalize like that. I don't know. But uh, when I say that he knew what he knew, he could not be rattled by the most... Ain't a sinner, or the most looking Christian to come and visit with him. Yeah, he was that stable in his mind and his speech. And any probably time, I mean, he's human. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, uh, which speaks to the point. Whenever he's confronted, and you know when he comes back to do the report, that was probably that was a great explanation of, of probably his mindset. And there it's like, "Oh man," <laughs> and then listen, boys. Yeah. Here's reality,
0: <laughs> right? Well, and and he was not overwhelmed by the debauched sinner, nor intimidated yes. by the saint. You know, yeah. Uh, and and he, he just saw it for what it was. And 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 that's really kind of what he jumps into in this first section, and starting in like verse three, is how do you grow and how do you get to that place? That's that's really what he's talking about. Is what does it look yeah. like? To pursue that
1: so he has a I don't know all the theologians call them greetings of sorts right and so that's what he does and in, in verse 1 Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout and he lists the places that he's been and that he gets reports from from uh, even Paul uh, and in verse 2 he says according to the foreknowledge
0: the you're in first Peter
1: I knew that I was just checking to see if y'all were paying attention
0: I was because I was like, wait a second, you're in a different book.
1: But it's still pretty close. Yeah. Simon Peter, <laughs> a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So these first two or three verses in here that he writes, though, he covers a depth of theology. Theology. And he's not trying to cover that. He's like going. It's just
0: talking. Listen to this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he starts to plant that almost like. Uh, almost like he, the people that he's talking to know it. Yeah. And and even I would tell you. He believes that the saved people have that in them, whether they see it yet or not. So he's almost speaking it as a matter of. Uh, Reality. Yeah, a
0: statement of fact. Not a,
1: a, yes, a statement of fact. That's a good way to put it. And so basically, I, I don't know all of us, I'd have to catch up to what he was saying there, and I'm, I'm pointing this out for a reason. Verse 3, Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who is called by us on his own glory and excellence, for by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is within the world within lust. Now, by this very reason also, it's almost like he says that, and I can see him getting excited as he's (laughs) he's saying it. Uh, And this is kind of familiar to me, because Paul, when we were going through the book of Romans, in chapter 5, we talked about all this stuff before that, the deep things of the kingdom and how, what was transpiring and what Jesus was doing and going through and what that really looked like from the kingdom perspective. And then Paul kind of drops into the same thing and he's talking about we're suffering. And he also uses words like we we glory in our sufferings and it's not some dry guy talking about you should be glorifying in your sufferings when they may or may not have gone through it themselves. Right. Uh, but he's speaking as a point of, again, he's almost like he's getting excited about it, you know. That's what you go through. And then he 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 tees off into the same thing, almost the exact same words that Peter's writing here. He says in uh, uh, Precious and Magnificent Promises, so in the middle of verse 4, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason, now he starts delineating some specific attributes and attitudes in the next few verses.
0: Well, and, and even before we even get into those, it, it's important to to make sure that we understand in 3 and 4 the chain that he's building. Yes. Is... Yeah. First, the, the first three words of verse 3 to me are ex- extremely important. His divine power has given, so the five words. His divine power... And, and, he, and it's the same thing that he did in verse 1, um, is, is that he's it's so ingrained in who he is and what he communicates, where the source of everything I'm about to talk about is. Everything came from God. And he's got the – lit G, Peter has the litany of qualifications, but he's not like, you're going to get this because I'm awesome. Yeah. You have the same faith that I have, and God, by his power – has given us everything required for life and godliness. Everything.
1: And that's not just, well, it is the actions of how we actually carry ourselves every day, which is kind of what we're going to talk about. But he's talking about from a kingdom perspective that all the things that we've talked about before, this is what Paul's telling. And these are saved people he's talking to. Peter, sorry. Yeah, Uh, saved people. Saved saved. people he's talking to. And what he's telling them in the first part of that is that it was God that came and pulled you out of the mire. He paid the price for you on everything that took place in that. That's how you can stand right where right. you are. And that's what he's telling them. And he's he's saying, that's how I got here too.
0: Well, and and, and I think it's also important to to note, it's not just a salvific yeah. uh, declaration. Yeah. A lot of people will even take that concept and say, Jesus died for our sins and now we have eternal life all true, and that and that kind of becomes the only thing that anybody ever wants to talk about. Yeah. But in this text, he's saying by his power, almost as it would be he also gave us, in addition, yes. or as a result of that, he yes. gave us everything for life and godliness. I mean, like, to actually live out the results of that salvation that he gave us at the cross, yeah. all of that stuff, it's, it's not just, a, oh, he saves you. Yeah, this is a package deal. That's why it blows my mind how we want to separate salvation and discipleship. And I've made that mistake a thousand times. But yeah, the the longer I'm walking and the longer I'm doing, the more I realize it's it's a package deal.
1: It is a package deal,
0: and and it comes together. And I think that's part of what he's saying here is it's it's not just that he saved you; he gave you everything you need. And then in verse four, he says, "And by these, well, by what? By these." Things that he, whatever he gave us for life and guidance, it's empowerment. It's by those that we have these great and precious promises.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and
0: that through them, through the promises, we is what we share, use to share in the divine nature. So as we share in God's nature, we could probably talk for a while if you wanted to. We don't may not have, we don't need to, but this concept that we can even share in the divine nature at all is foreign to a lot of people
1: well we talked a lot about that when we were going through romans yeah uh and that's part of the cool thing you know paul and peter didn't sit through the same theology courses
0: right yeah
1: (laughs) this is not just intellectual stuff he's throwing out on the table it's theologically perfect but it's born out of a life of experience and he probably had some of that before he actually started. It, Peter went through the same thing Paul did. Is when Jesus came, they accepted him. You know, all the old stuff he had learned and the new stuff that's coming in. I really hate to use those terms because it's not really new. But it was starting it was to make to sense. Them, it yes, was. to them it was. You know, that's that's learning the difference between. Uh, uh, God is God is this God is that God is all these things, and then God comes up and shows Himself to you, and you go,
0: "That's not what I expected." You,
1: you, you can't be God because you're not all this stuff that I know that He is. We can talk about that later, but, uh, uh, but yeah. So the guy writing this thing, uh, at the time that he wrote it, that then that's what we're going through all this long dissertation about, is trying to paint the picture of who this guy is. Yeah, uh, in a little deeper sense than just you know the an, an academic Peter the Apostle. Yeah. He was not educated, but he I, I, I don't don't want to drone on in there. But anyway, all of that packaged together, to me that's what gives these first four verses such power. Yeah. Uh, and uh, watching that guy, and that's as a side note to all this, I would tell you, you know, it, it's easy to pick up your Bible and and pull open a book. Find out about the people that were writing it, though, because that makes a huge difference on the context.
0: Well, and, and even in, in those first four verses, because of the last statement of verse 4, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire, it's not hard to see that he's what he's kind of painting this picture of is to a group of people of if they're anything like us, and I know the human condition well enough to know that they were, I mean, yeah, sure. different culture, different <laughs> time, but people are people are people, um, especially for new believers, or even disconnected, or fill in the blank, and you know, and it's hard to imagine that in our world because we're all right here on top of each other, the internet and what have you, but to be like thinking in themselves, a, I'll never be like Peter, I'll never be like one of these guys. Woe is me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm struggling with sin. I can't overcome. I can't live this life. And he starts off this letter where he's about to give them some things to walk in, saying, you have a faith equal to not just mine, but ours, meaning all of us yeah. apostles. Yeah, You're right there with us. You have promises given to you by God. God gave you everything you need. So it's a super encouragement to, to overcome because he says when you – The whole point of sharing in the divine nature, the result of that is escaping the corruption that's in this world. I mean, how many times have we talked with, felt in our own hearts, I'm never going to get over whatever it is that I'm struggling with. Uh, Even whether it's a particular sin, a mindset, or just getting the dog beat out of you all the time. Yeah. Well, James says that sin comes out of the fruition of our own desires, out of our own heart. And he's telling him here, it's these promises it's this divine gifting that he's given you all of this power this faith that he gave you that's just you have all of these things for life for godliness to escape this corruption of this world yeah you yeah. have everything that you need so he's he's going in that everything you're you need or going to need and that you have to use to escape the corruption of this of the evil desire that's in your own heart it's not that it's in the world coming in to get you it's the evil desire in your own heart according to James <laughs> chapter 1. In the dead to, self. Yeah. He said, you got everything. You're going to get everything. You have all the tools that you need. And then in verse 5, he's like, now let's go build a house.
1: Yeah. So he starts laying out some practical things that are, on one hand, they're natural uh, uh, elements is the only word I can think of, but that's not the word I want to use, uh, that you make an effort to pursue but on the other hand everything he just talked about if you're really working inside yourself and you're spending time with the lord and you're looking in his face these things begin to show themselves out too yeah and that's the practical side of making the decision yeah i'm gonna obey today for lack of a better way to say it yeah and these things begin to work and so he's saying you present these these are things you need to bring to the table you present you have them
0: well and, and before we, I know we are keep saying before, before we jump in, but there is a culture in the church right now that's kind of bent around, all you got to do is be safe. You say this little prayer, get you dunked in the water, and you'll be fine. And I guess.
1: Well, the other side is you don't need to do anything but love Jesus. Yeah. In a big sense, that's true. I mean, that's, that's the answer. Jesus is the answer.
0: But loving Jesus means something.
1: <laughs> but Jesus doesn't expect you to be stupid either. He gave you a brain. What, lazy. Yeah, lazy, yes. Uh, well, he's going to do it also. I don't have to do nothing. No, nah, no, nah, that's not what it means by working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Well,
0: I used to work with a guy a long time ago, way before I even got into ministry and stuff doing with you, and we were in Iowa, and he was a hyper-Calvinist. And if you don't know what that means, that means he was a five-point Calvinist to the tulip. God's going to save who he's going to save. He's going (laughs) to condemn everybody. He's going to condemn. We don't know. But he took it a step further and said, and so we don't even care. They wouldn't even share the gospel. He would not evangelize at all because Mm -hmm. he was like, hey, if they're going to be saved, God will save them, and it's not my gig. And I'm like, dude, you are so missing the deal. That's that's way out there. And a lot of people will get into that. The other side of that to me all the way down is the feel good of, I just, you know, it's just about love. and and Yes,
1: and that's where I was going. So
0: And yes, you need to love Jesus, but loving Jesus has feet on it.
1: Yeah, and it's like being married. Some of you may be, some of you may not, but think of a sibling or your parents. There's there's times where you really just want to punch them in the face and have nothing to do with them. I've never wanted to punch my wife in the face. Just want to say (laughs) that for the record for the Internet. Because she might be watching. That's because she'd beat him up if he did.
0: <laughs> that's not a lie. They, but anyway, sorry.
1: Well, so, but that's that's part of it. God's not afraid of your emotions and your issues, and but deal with him, grab a hold of him, even when you're angry and ticked off and all that stuff. Ooh, you can't do that. That's part of growth. Yeah. And God knows that. That's how He built us to do it. And you can look through the life of Peter as He walked. And this is a guy who understood that and that's what he told you. <laughs> it's like and susceptible to the same thing still.
0: Well and it's like it, it, I've been married 20 honey if you're watching type in there's it 28 years, I think. Um, and um, I see young married couples you know, maybe their first year and they're like, we've never had a fight. And I just laughed. Yeah. I just laughed because I was like, you hadn't even lived yet. And uh, You know, and they're like well, we don't, we're not, we're not like that. We just love each other. And I'm like, yeah, it's coming. And, but you, you talk to somebody who's been married 50 years or, you know, 30 years, 40, 50 years. And they're like, Hey, have y'all ever had a fight? Oh yeah. You know, and they'll tell you <laughs> these great war stories, you know, but the relationship, survives it but that's part of the growth experience is contending and i think that's when the scriptures talk about contending for the faith it's work not to be saved you're not saved by your works but growth and maturity in the kingdom takes pursuit
1: and that's what peter's telling and that's
0: where we get into that's where we get to verse five for this very reason, for, for what reason? Because you have a faith just like ours. Because God's given you precious promises and everything that you need to live and have God. Because of those yeah. things, make every effort. And and we could talk about that phrase, make every effort.
1: So, yeah, so the New American Standard says in the King James, now for this very reason also, applying all diligence yeah it's the first thing out of his mouth so that we were talking about that a while ago you know you can't be lazy screaming for jesus right. uh, he's looking it's it's a it's a pursuit action yeah uh not to go beat people over the head with what you think things ought to be like though that does happen
0: well it's not uh, a pursuit of people it's a pursuit of him
1: yes it is it's a very deliberate pursuit
0: yeah it's like the the woman that uh that had the issue of blood that touched him um if you read that story, there was a bajillion people around him, and everybody was everybody was on him. But when she touched him, I mean, you have this picture that she's kind of weeding through their legs, you know, <laughs> getting her place in there, and, and and what does he say? Somebody touched me. Somebody, and they're like, <laughs> um, Jesus, everybody's touching, you, you know. And yeah, but it it's was a great different. story. There was a pursuit of him in faith, and and you don't think she had to work for that wasn't that she was working for her salvation or her healing. But we cannot minimize the fact that her completeness, maybe we would use the word maturity, in her relationship with the bodily Jesus at that moment, she had to take effort to do it. Yeah, And that's kind of what he's talking about here. Is you can be saved yeah. and lazy. Yes. But there's no excuse for it because you have the same faith as the apostles and everything that you need to live godly lives, you had it you have these promises to act on there's no excuse for it be diligent
1: and in the diligence what do you apply do? all diligence and in your faith supply moral excellence you could go all over the place with that one In moral excellence I was in law enforcement for a while, and one thing I learned in law is is that uh, uh, you can't legislate morality. Right. There are laws that legislate things uh, that could be considered on a moral realm, uh, but it's really hard to legislate it, to make it illegal to be or act.
0: Well, you can yeah. legislate compliance, but you can't legislate morality, which indicates a desire to be right.
1: Yeah, because we get into the arguments we are now. Oh, yeah, what's really right? Yeah. So, aside from all that, that's a pursuit that the spirit shows you things that you need to work through, at least in my experience. There were things that I was taught, and I learned that they really didn't hold as much value or, 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 uh, uh, how to look at people and how to deal with people. And the thing is, is if you look at them and they're one way, well, you don't have anything to do with them. You don't do anything with them. You don't talk to them and you, you, you hate them. Well, I would make those judgments based off what their ethical, not their ethical, uh, their moral stance may be. Right. And, and I would tell you practical functions of growth. That may be something that you need to do. But people carry it too far, just like all the other things we've been talking about here. Mm -hmm. And as I got sound in my faith, so to speak, I learned that I was able to deal with people a whole lot different, not even tell them what they should do, but just accept them for who they are, where they're at. Because now I see them as a creation of the Lord, and they choose to do some of these things, but that's not really what they are. And I'm not telling you they're saved and they're going to heaven through that. That's their battle between the Lord and all of them. Uh, But that is dealing with moral excellence and getting rid of some of the crud that it is that you really want to keep and do at least for me uh, <laughs> uh real simple one everybody would like here so uh, i was raised in the church and all that stuff and i was a typical teenager i had a mouth on me but i joined the marine corps when i was 17 right and they teach you how to articulate four-letter words in ways <laughs> you could never imagine till it just comes out yeah right and uh in marine corps they didn't let you call home very often i called home maybe a couple of times and one time my granddaddy was where my dad was when i called before cell phones so everybody's around the phone and i am just letting it fly (laughs) didn't even realize i was doing it when i got home we were working cows one day and I got in there, and you—you know—you're trying to shove cows through the chute and all that stuff. Well, I'd done that before Marine Corps time. Well, now I'm—I'm—I'm. I'm, I'm, uh,
0: expletive after expletive. Expletive
1: after expletive. Pulling this thing out, and they're laughing at me, and it was kind of a not laughing like belly laugh, just kind of awkward laughing. awkward laughing, you know. And it hit me and I was, I, I, I apologize, and that phone call came back to me, and I apologized profusely. I had got wrapped up in an environment, and I had to learn, and I went into police work, you know, it's all over the same thing there, and that's where I was really growing in the Lord, and I had to learn to bite my tongue. I could do everything and say everything in tones and actions and everything else without cussing like that, and, uh, that's a pursuit uh, of moral excellence that's a pursuit of moral excellence
0: well we had a we had a, a situation give you I like giving examples of how this stuff works out and we, yeah we're going to land this plane anyway we had a teacher in high school I'll not name names some of you watching this will probably know him <laughs> playing a three- on- three basketball tournament up at the gym on a Saturday and somebody moved in on the lane to him and and uh, in his previous life he was he had he's rough. Well, he thought, he thought this dude was swinging on him, and just his DNA took over, and he yeah. popped, popped him right in the eye. Well, he was really anti-fighting. I mean, it was just like, you just don't. That's just guttural, and you don't, you don't do it. He was torn up. Yeah. I mean, gets on the microphone, because, I mean, the gym's full of kids watching, you know, and tears running down his face. I'll never forget it and just weeping and apologizing to us for such a bad example. And and we're all like, dude, I swung too, you know, but, uh, but it bothered him because he was in a pursuit of moral excellence. Yes. And, and because he had tasted what it was like to not be, I mean, he was maybe had some brawler in him or whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that for sure, but it really bothered him. And so it became an overt intentional pursuit To live out the things that you say you believe, or that you actually do believe. And that's what I I read in that. Just having faith, while it is enough for salvation, we're not talking about you're in or you're out. Yeah, Faith is not enough to continue growing. Yes. You actually have to pursue that moral exercise. And
1: growing means becoming closer to the Lord and his thoughts, his intentions, how he walks, how he thinks uh that is the intentional pursuit uh so that you can just from a just from a way of looking at it by the time you get to peter's age and where he's at you got some of the same battle scars we'll call them i don't really like to say that because it seems like stuff you don't want to go through or deal with uh but that's the kind of stuff that turns you into elder kind of things or uh, have a, just a matured walk, not to be in that walk. It's just being close to the Lord. That's all that it is. Yeah. And that's what the desire is. And frankly, the more you pursue that, even if you end up being wrong with it, that'll pay big dividends later on. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's, and it's easy to make those examples about things that are right and wrong, foul mouth hitting somebody, but it's also pursuing what is best. Yeah. Like, um, there have been times in, in my own life, and I've seen it happen with other people, where somebody's maybe financially taken advantage of in a situation or whatever. And the moral thing to do, or the maybe like the legal thing is, yeah, I've got the recourse to do this and that, or x and y, and I'm going to get them back. I'm going to. But maybe the best thing to do for their own good is is to not pursue, you know, yeah. retribution or whatever. Um, you know, we, we see this with little kids, even, you know, they break something, you know, they scratch, I love you, daddy, on the side of your car with a screwdriver, you know? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yes, it was wrong and yes, you may have to train in there, but you know, you want to do what's morally excellent in that case. And and a lot of times that involves self-sacrifice and and letting yourself take the hit. It is a teacher of its own. It is a teacher of its own. Yeah. Um, we just got into the very first item. And well, the first two, diligence. Yeah, that's and, true. And, diligence and, yeah. and moral excellence. But uh, read through Second Peter. It won't take you 10, 15 minutes to read the whole stinking book yeah. if you read slow. um, It's a good book. It's a good, it's just so much practical. So that's what I like about it. Yeah. I mean, it's just real walk kind of stuff. And we're just going to, we'll spend the next few Fridays just digging through and digging in. Yeah. Um, Keep us in your prayers. Um. We, I don't have anything on the books for the summer um, as far as trainings go or anything like that. We are actively working on getting our app out to distribute into uh, Spanish-speaking countries. We're hoping to, to have that done here over the summer. We're going back to South Texas, hopefully in the fall, to train some church uh, planters down there, some Hispanic pastors, and uh, who knows? We, we might even have a big pastors conference down there next summer, uh, but we've talked about that, but... Um, just keep us in your prayers. Don't forget about, uh, hit us on the website, cruciblesfire.org forward slash donate if you could prayerfully partner with us um, and, and that sort of a thing. But we just love coming back here every Friday and just talking about the word. And um, if you're out there and you're like, hey, we'd like for you guys to come into our church and do your our Bible study training. Um, we, we have a clear summer as of right yeah. now. So if your church would like for us to come in and, uh, and do a training to train people how to study their Bible, Um, we've done it from groups of 10 to 108. I prefer 10, (laughs) but the 108 was awesome. So we we, we're flexible and what we can do, just give us a a call at info at thecruciblesfire.org or call it an email and we'll get back with you. Um, thanks everybody for watching. We'll see y'all later.